0: Maybe
1: you should go and do some contemplating. I'm
0: the best and I'm to your pool to Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy.
1: And this is Rose Bettys.
0: It's a television show about a young couple. It's a television It's not a television show. Oh, Rachel's shaking shaking your head. No, it's not a television show. It's a podcast about a young couple with a challenging relationship with a gigantic television show and their effort to find love in all the wrong places. Mm. See, I've added the last part's definitely not true, right? Like, I'm not looking for love in really any places because...
1: Will they, won't they? Wait, they already did. I found love in a hopeless place. Was it a hopeless place?
0: It was the day we met, I had come to town for South by Southwest... And I had maybe the worst diarrhea I've ever had in my entire life. Do you remember? The really bad? Do you remember? I
1: remember hearing about it and thinking, this man must not be interested in me because he's talking about diarrhea in front of me. And we just met. No, I,
0: you know, I don't hide my shit. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we were at Liberty Bar and we were at a concert and I had the worst diarrhea my whole life. And it was a homeless place for me. And, but I, we found it in anyway, way We're I don't know what to talk about in the intro. We're going to talk about The Bachelorette, two of them, two episodes two, of it. Two, Monday and two Tuesday. D- of them. Usually we do one of them and it takes us six hours to do that. Yeah. And so this will be a 12, this will be a half day one. So go ahead and um, do a little bit of meal prep. Depending on what time you start it, you may need breakfast, lunch, and dinner sort of set up for you. Go water your plants, go take a big piss, Mecklemore, and like his song. And then let's go start doing it doing the thing
1: okay so episode five picks up on that 13 man group date <laughs> um
0: i forget monday's episode completely lee, babe lee babe I um, can't remember it at okay i do remember it fuck
1: yeah kenny has pulled lee away from the group to have a conversation with him
0: um i feel like we should say uh, like can we t- just talk about like kenny and lee up front real quick and like we're gonna be talking about it a lot this episode, and so, like um, and
1: hopefully not too much,
0: yeah, but I mean, it was the it was the complete basic first episode that was a completely Monday's episode, and then Tuesday's episode, they dealt with it, and it's it's over, right for better' well, I guess for better, it's over, um but it, we're gonna be talking about it a lot, and like. I don't know what's left to say about it except how like gross and awful and shitty it is and like i feel like i want to move through it as fast as possible yeah. not not because like i want to avoid talking about it and like you know focus on the great stuff about Do this wanna... great tv show but just because like i don't know what's left to say and i'm so fucking tired of talking yeah. about it
1: let's let's go quick uh so this at this moment kenny pulls lee away because he thinks that they have squashed the beef Uh, But then when Rachel brings it up, he becomes clear that they have not. Um, He says he thought it was a dead issue. It is clearly not a dead issue. Um, And this is where the introduction of the snake thing becomes very big. (laughs) A lot of snake name-calling. Kenny calls lee a snake several times
0: i just want to point out in the commercial for this episode and then we talked about this in the last um the last episode of rose buddies was like showing this confrontation and then all the dudes getting together and then kenny having a bleeding eye and we'll be talking about that later but like i want it to be like i don't want anybody to have anxiety listening to this like kenny and lee never get in a physical altercation at all and it i mean it's just another case of bachelor like you know, doing those edits that they should do every fucking time, only this time without any regard for, like, the broader com- context of what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Um, they exchange some words. Um, we get some inner inner clips of people like Will saying that Lee is his own worst enemy. Um,
0: broadly speaking, nobody's like, um, we do have the conversation between Will and Lee uh, after this all yeah. kind of settles down somewhat um after like kenny comes back in from this like confrontation uh calls him b-word like a lot of times is a lot it happens a lot of times this episode and they you know lee continues to try to provoke him and then they sort of go their separate ways and back at the house i guess lee and will have this conversation that we've seen teased a couple times where will kind of clues him into like you can't just like call a black dude aggressive on tv because of what that means
1: yeah so the group date rose goes to brian
0: oh right there's a that's right i forgot there was a game i forgot about that
1: um rachel leaves and then uh kenny gives a little speech about how great a guy brian is and not at all snaky. And then Lee clearly recognizes this is directed at him. He says, "He just just says, fuck you. I prefer. Oh,
0: you don't like the F word. To say F you. All right. I feel
1: like it's, you know. Should I avoid that? We have a baby now. Bring some civility.
0: Should I not cuss anymore? We have a kid. I didn't even think, this is the first time this happened, like this thought has crossed my mind on this podcast we're recording. Maybe we should talk about this off the air. I just haven't even thought about it.
1: I can't imagine that Henry will ever listen to this podcast.
0: I know, but like in general, if I like burn my hand on the stove and I yell, you know, piss. We got a few more years. Well, I would yell like piss because yeah. of the funny way that Macklemore said it in the song one time. But um, yeah, so food for thought, food for I thought. We got
1: a couple years before you have to worry about that.
0: Can I cuss at somebody else's baby?
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> All the time.
0: <laughs> um. So. Uh, so
1: yeah. So Kenny calls, um, Lee the B word. Um, A
0: lot, lot. several times. A lot of the dudes actually like...
1: He whispers it.
0: Kenny really gets like... um, It really like just starts laying it on, I feel like a little bit here. Like Mm -hmm. really uh, answers to the provocation that Lee is um, laying down. And like there's a lot of dudes in the house who are just like cracking up at at Lee getting kind of um, talked down to by Kenny this much.
1: Peter says something that I think is interesting. Peter tells us, the viewer, he says Lee is making himself relevant by making Kenny so angry. Well, like, yeah. Lee's only relevance is making Kenny angry right now.
0: I want it. Yeah. And that, again, like, this is why this is so like, um. there's a lot of shit in the mix right now because doing things to be relevant may as well be the title of the television show we're watching because every, anytime it, you think like fucking Iggy gave a shit about like the things that were happening. No, like he got in to, yeah. uh, uh, to quote, I forget who said it, but he got in the sauce.
1: Eric, so, I think, so, Eric, I think so. said it.
0: He got in the sauce to fucking stay in the episode, um, to stay in, to like not end up on the cutting room floor to maybe get a spot on the next bit to like, yeah, forward his fucking, um, you know, energy drink that he's going to start. What is you-
1: Iggy short for something?
0: It is. I don't know what though. I'm sorry. um, it, it, that's the reason that anything happens on this show for any reason but like it it's it is completely inappropriate for them to treat there's so much stuff like that that keeps happening this season that it's completely inappropriate because of the like, racial tensions yeah, that are we, also stirred up by that we shit. We have some
1: good articles yeah, we're gonna, to make that point. This
0: is, by the way, maybe the most mainstream press I've ever seen yeah. like respond to an episode. After Monday, we were getting worried because there like, wasn't much of anything. And we but thought there was a lot to talk about. And then after the Tuesday episode, it was like, boom. Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: everybody was getting this piece ready. So we get a break from Lee and Kenny because it's time for the one-on-one with jackstone oh man uh they are still in bluffton uh jackstone and rachel are taking a carriage ride uh and rachel talks about how they should have so much in common she's telling us the viewers they're both attorneys they're both in dallas they're about the same age but she says she's kind of waiting for some kind of spark with jackstone
0: the only sparks were the ones coming off of her whetstone as she fucking sharpened the edge of her fucking axe that Ben Higgins handed down to her <laughs> the because these two episodes were an absolute like
1: yeah this, bloodbath. this starts the bloodbath, so they go to a quote shucking and shagging event
0: they eating oysters and I and guess doing the what's the, shag? the Carolina shag? um apparently our friend eric knows it but he was late so he didn't get to show off his dance skills eric that'll teach you
1: um so they they dance or they learn how to dance jack is not an especially good dancer um he like
0: specifically like does not want to dance and that's always such a you gotta go for it you gotta try to to shag oh you know hey can i say something like do you fancy a shag baby from uh austin powers mm-hmm who throws his shoe shag i would work shag in there at the end so it would stay relevant you're to forgetting
1: the, the big the big other thing
0: oh which is do i make you sh- what is it
1: shagadelic shagadelic baby I can't believe i fed that to you i did not want to support this endeavor i know
0: i wanted you to say shagadelic that's why i pretended oh, austin awesome powers 4 where is it <laughs> This podcast has made me extremely independently wealthy. I will crowdfund anything. Mike Myers. Mike Myers, I need to pull you out of the gong show. I got to reach my arm deep, deep in that television show.
1: He is using the gong show to get enough money to make. We've talked about this.
0: It's definitely what's up.
1: Okay. Star-studded cast. Maybe it's good.
0: (coughs) I made Rachel choke on bile.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Rachel is sick. Also worth mentioning, Uh, there's a point when she's kind of sniffly and she says, I'm contagious and he hugs and kisses her anyway. Um, And I would
0: not fuck with that. You know me. I know. And I know you. If you've got the sniffles and a cough or an erpy tummy, I just steer clear because I know that you don't want that energy around you. My like, oh, come on, babe. I still think you're beautiful. Let me massage your dewy skin. You don't want that when you're got an erpy guts. I know you.
1: It's a lot of word choice in that sentence that makes me uncomfortable. Using dewy and irpy in the same sentence, I don't like.
0: I really kind of described you as sort of just like a wet, <laughs> sort of gurgling mass.
1: This is this is what marriage is like for That's all those it. that aren't married.
0: It's a it's a delight every day, mm-hmm. every day, every wet day.
1: Ew. Uh, what well, happened okay. next? So yeah. night portion. Um jack says that he can definitely see himself falling for rachel uh rachel feels like they are missing the romantic aspect kind of the passion that she's looking for um the only
0: love that exists here is jack stone's (laughs) love
1: i love parents does your dad have a good sense of humor
0: (laughs) i love parents i i love parents shagadelic what's that that's ap4 no, Sydney the new tagline no, no okay but um i love par- okay babe god mm. i love parents
1: i love parents
0: oh my dad i love parents i love parents
1: you know what i love drinking beverages no you know Mm-mm. you know what i love what's that just just being comfortable
0: I love the way it makes you take it takes 20 minutes to order a sandwich. <laughs> I love the way you the rest of this Harry met Sally and then I'll say I love parents at the end of it as the completion of the joke and the That's reference. Good.
1: See, I was saying And then can
0: we edit that one? Jerry, can we edit that one in? ADR that one in for me later.
1: My joke was that saying that you love parents is similar to saying that you love anything. Yeah. Um anything that everybody Loves.
0: What if you said I love parents? No, 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 no. You don't understand. You don't
1: understand. I can't wait to meet your parents. Because I love parents. I, love, I need parents. <laughs> um,
0: I need I need parents. I'm Jack Stone, attorney at law. I need and love parents. <laughs> what is this podcast? We've been doing this for two minutes, just saying I love parents at each other. Can this be the new podcast? <laughs>
1: Just what if we find moments in cinema mm. and television and
0: just sort of where people talk about parents, where it's just I love parents. What happened next on Jackson's Stone's day?
1: Meet, meet the parents.
0: Oh, that's good. Jack goes home next day. <laughs> Jack went home. She well, didn't love him.
1: Okay. So this is this is the final nail in the coffin for Jack Stone. So Rachel gives him what could be a softball and says, All right, let's say we get away from Dallas. What would we do? And Jack Stone says, I'd lock the door. And we just lay in bed and talk. Wait, what? Did you not see this? I
0: didn't. I didn't this must have been when I was walking back over from, from our friend's house.
1: He said, well, first I'd lock the door. <laughs> you missed that? Yes.
0: Oh, it was a treat, though, receiving that gift from you firsthand.
1: Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, and then we just lay in bed and talk.
0: If we could get out of Dallas. Is that what she said?
1: Yeah. To take me away from Dallas.
0: Okay, we're out of Dallas. We've left Dallas. We're going on a trip. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lock you in a bed. <laughs> but we just left Dallas. Like, you could lock me in a bed in Dallas.
1: Yeah. No, and that's why she kind of says, like, um, I don't want to waste your time anymore. Um, she says that that date to her sounds like a real window into what their relationship would be like, and it is not anything she's interested in.
0: No, they. Uh, joking aside, like, they just... There's a few times on this show where it's just like... Y'all like y'all don't have anything in common, and because it's also because we're at that point in the season now, I feel like I know who the top four, maybe five, are going to be, yeah. and everybody else who's not in that top four, maybe five, well,
1: you is know just what? there's at the end of there's six Tuesday, there's there's six people six left. left. So I guess it's not the that top impressive, five is
0: but not we've known we've known for a while possible. now, right? And so there's like there's a mix now of dead weight, and there's a mix of people who are just kind of middle of the pack who like are cool dudes, but they're not the ones who, when you see them on camera with Rachel, you say like, they are going to be, be married. Yeah. She says,
1: she says that she's looking for an X factor and that she didn't feel the X factor with him and she can't give him a rose. Um, And she's like, I want you to know your worth, but when it comes to us, um, I don't feel it. Send him home. Yeah. Uh, While this is going on, this is where we get to see the conversation um, between, um, Will and Kenny or Will and Lee. Um and this is when they're talking on the balcony and they talk about Lee calling Kenny aggressive.
0: It, and it, this is the point where like if you were if you're in the house, right? Or if you're watching the show without the without like um dissecting these events with the lens of you know, racial context. Um, and you don't know about his tweets and you don't know that he's a huge fucking bigot. So, like, pretend you're somebody in the house, right? And maybe it's not apparent to you. Um, I don't see how he says this and you're not like, oh, yeah, that's, that's who you, that's your yeah. deal. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. Will, to his credit, has an incredible amount of patience um, because Lee is trying to get Will. To say that Kenny is aggressive, uh, and Will won't won't say it, and he explains that you know when you say he's aggressive, there's a long-standing history in America of black men being called aggressive, uh, and he's trying to explain to Lee like that word is loaded in so many ways, and uh, Will to the camera says, you know, Lee's Lee's just not familiar uh, with a lot of things. He's ignorant. Um, and this is when the race card thing. Yeah. Goes Lee out.
0: says, oh, I didn't know he was playing the race card.
1: I I think, I mean, nobody's arguing at this point that Lee is not a racist because it seems pretty clear that yeah. Lee is racist. Um, also notable about Lee is he has the least amount of empathy um sure and, and just interest in understanding another person
0: weird how those two go in <laughs> as I often as they do i it, know
1: it seems like not even worth saying but i just think about that a lot i feel uh, like it's, it's
0: such a common like form of of of, of racism of yeah. like um i say i say something racist and then the the people group who are like the the target of that say like hey here's why that was problematic and then i say like You telling me it's problematic? Oh, well, that's the race card. Instead of, like, taking a fucking second to, like, think, like, hmm.
1: Will is going above and beyond to try and get Lee to understand where Kenny is coming from. Something he doesn't have to do. Something that is just unfair of him to have to do in the first place in 2017. Um, And Lee just... He's not having any of it, and it's what is like also
0: like bonkers about this is like I don't think on the on you're on the ground right. Imagine you're Lee, uh, God forbid, but. what did Kenny do to play the race car? Like, Kenny didn't do fucking anything to play the race car. Like Kenny, Kenny didn't step up to him and say like, you can't call me aggressive. And Kenny didn't go to Rachel and say like, he's calling me aggressive. And you know what that means. Like, you know, you understand the context of it. He didn't even say that. Nobody's confronted Lee about being racist. Nobody's done anything. It's, this is, this is how fucking like fragile he is, is somebody says, a, a black man tells him like, hey, just so you know, there's here's some context for why what you said it is is affecting him as strongly as it is and that is enough for him to be like Psh, playing the race card though huh mm. like yeah that is that's that's is
1: confusing it didn't make any sense at all
0: it's not just confusing it is like it paints um it paints a clear clear portrait of the type of dude that lee is um and the portrait stinks like shit
1: You said that like that was going to be your new catchphrase. (laughs) No, it's just
0: um, I wanted to drive it home, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, So we go straight to the rose ceremony. Uh, Rachel knows who she wants to send home, gets rid of the cocktail party. She sends Iggy home and Tickle Monster Jonathan goes home. And there's this kind (sighs) kind of charming moment where as he's leaving, he's like, one last time. And he tickles her.
0: I and, have to think she knew what and, that meant. And
1: all the guys clap.
0: Yeah, everybody <laughs> like, claps for the appropriate She send-off. she he tickled her and she like cracks up and like gives him a big hug. And like it was a surprisingly emotional <laughs> send-off yeah. for somebody whose career was tickle monster.
1: Uh, and this is where the guys find out, next stop, Norway.
0: Norway. Are are we leaving the country? Norway. Kill me. Um, Just fucking kill me.
1: Hey Griffin, is the set me free? Is the drama between Kenny and Lee over?
0: Norway.
1: Boop boop boop.
0: Um, what do they do then in Norway?
1: <laughs> um, we find out Brian is getting a one-on-one.
0: All right. Yeah. I don't remember anything about it.
1: Uh, so she knows that they have a physical connection, but she wants to see if she can get beyond that. So they ride a bus, which I thought was very like kind of nice. No helicopter, yeah. no sports car, just a bus. Uh and they take a tram to the Olympic ski jump. Oh,
0: okay, I remember.
1: And they just they are going to rappel down it.
0: Which is weird. They're not gonna ski jump off it. Is it operational? It didn't look operational. I no, I
1: think it's just like a, a- the high place tourists can visit now that's
0: good there's a, there's an interesting article i read once that i really only looked at the pictures and it was a long time ago and i don't know why i'm referencing <laughs> it but it's about like what happens to like these super structures that they build for the olympics oh, that then yeah. they do not like and it's not everywhere but like I there are places watch a
1: whole documentary about that
0: there are places where they like build these like huge pools right and then like we're not going to fucking pay to upkeep it when the Olympics aren't there. And then what happens to those buildings that afterwards? That just happened
1: in Rio. You remember seeing the footage of like all those places immediately falling apart no, when the Olympics were over? I didn't. Mm. Missed kind of, it. Kind of dark. Her name is
0: Rio. You remember that
1: song by Duran Duran? Uh-huh. Oh. Are you okay?
0: I've just talked so much today. I
1: know. The ski jump is 187 feet high. And this is, I enjoyed this little moment. I was talking to Griffin about it. Uh, And she says, has nobody thought about the significance of 187? And the producer says, what's 187? And Rachel says very loudly, murder. (laughs) Like the Dr. Dre song.
0: You got to put me on blast for this, huh? Because
1: that was my 187 reference. Yeah. Because see, there's the line, 187 on an undercover cop. Yeah. Which I knew.
0: You feel good when you know a cultural reference that I don't, I feel like sometimes.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, I just do it from one eight seven five three oh. You know,
1: that's eight six seven. I know.
0: 5, I wanted it so bad to be true. can <laughs> kind of blow my nose.
1: Uh huh. It's right next to you. So they repel down. Did you see uh-huh. me throw
0: my tissue on the ground like I'm in the fucking Outback Steakhouse. Wait, they don't do it there, do they?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> <Where> <laughs> You're do they? in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Where do they do it? Do yeah, yeah, like Lone Star, or, uh, yeah, yeah, like Roadhouses.
0: Roadhouses. Maybe? If you don't do it at Outback I'm gonna go to an Applebee's and be like, "Yeah, pick that shit up." I don't even think they have peanuts. Pick up my nut mess. Do they have what's? They don't I don't think they do. I would bring them from Applebee's. home. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It's my peanuts that I brought from home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so they repel. They kiss while they're repelling. Uh, every time
0: they I it I have a pretty like thick skin for this stuff now but these two's kisses um and she me. doesn't kiss she doesn't smooch anybody else like like this I see the underside of his tongue it's weird it's a it's like very very much
1: you know what it reminds me of it's like earlier today so Henry is teething and so we've been kind of checking his mouth to see if the teeth have come out yet we know everything about Brian's teeth because we are I know more
0: about Brian's mouth than my my mouth and mouth. my son's mouth. Yeah. And I've been looking for teeth in those for a, approximately 5 months.
1: <laughs> uh, so Rachel tells us about how uh, attractive she thinks Brian's confidence is and that it's it's very contagious and sexy to her. Uh she says when I see Brian, I see forward. Mm. Good. uh, That was all you were going to do? What did you
0: want? Great.
1: I thought that that reminded you of a point you wanted to make.
0: No, I just like, it's really hard for me to get on Team Brian because I feel like um, the things he says are just really shallow. I have
1: a great comparison. I'm so proud of it. Okay. And And I wanted to tell you when we were watching, but I decided to save it. Okay, say it. Okay, so and this is if you've been watching Terrace House Aloha State, oh, and you're familiar with Taishi. Taishi, you will get this. You, there's an episode where the panel all talks about why they can't get behind Taishi. Yeah, and I think it's the same with Brian. Yeah, it's like somebody that is so composed and precise in how they woo someone that you you aren't getting any like vulnerability. You're not endeared at all. It just feels like uh, watching a, a very good um, violinist who has no emotion whatsoever. For me,
0: it boils down to if you that was are good, though, right? That, it was really good. Thank you. There's a lot of there's a lot of commonalities there. <laughs> I, uh, for me, it boils down to if you are too good at being a bachelor or bachelorette contestant, I am not interested in your pursuit of love. Yeah, straight up, not the people I'm into are like the ones who say like dorky unintentional shit from time to time and the people who like allow themselves to be vulnerable um not the people who are well obviously not the people who are like playing a character but i don't think brian's doing that i just think he has a line for for everything Mm -hmm. and um when it's to the point where you're like trying to be uh if you're trying to be like max charming and max seductive a hundred percent of the time I don't think that's a good way to actually get to know anybody or let them get to know you. And that's kind of what, like, Brian's, Brian's like, laying down, I feel like.
1: Yeah. It's like when Griffin talked about his diarrhea in front of me. I thought... See, I got that shit out of the way I first know, thing. I know. I know him.
0: I think, like, this... And this happens a lot. Um, Brian gets far enough, and, like, maybe hometowns. Rachel's like, wait, I don't know fucking anything. I don't really know much about this dude because um, you, you do not get much time um to like spend with the, these these people uh, on this show. And I just feel like, I don't know, every time I see him, he is just responding to what she says with like the most charming thing possible. Yeah, and Rachel's
1: suspicious of it. Rachel says, I can't figure out how he's still single. He's 37. He has a good job. He's handsome. It doesn't make sense to me. Like she's looking for the flaw. And I think we are too. Um,
0: I, There's also an element of like, he's on a TV show, right? And so like, it's, it, it, it's almost, and he is by far not like not the only person guilty of this, but like how much of this is like you playing like a charming character on a television show? Like how much of this is like you trying to like be quick and think of the best lines mm-hmm. for for the camera?
1: Well, and you know, I don't know if you saw in the Facebook group, but Brian has been on a television show before. Oh shit, really? He was on some, from what I could tell some reality television show called players or something. Okay. Um, years and years and years ago. I just like,
0: if for some reason this episode that, that element of this, sh- this show and the, the like production of it really stood out to me. Like there's a date where they go to an amusement park and, uh, shows like a montage of them, like having fun and being flirty in like all these locations, like playing a carnival game and then getting on a roller coaster and then getting on a, um, uh, getting on a Ferris wheel and all of this was happening like while they're losing daylight and the only thing I could think is like, this date probably wasn't fun. It was probably you guys like running to these locations with a camera crew, them trying to get set up before they completely lost all the light outside at all. And it, when I when I think about shit like that, like it is really, really hard for me to pay attention yeah, to anything else on the do show. Don't
1: that, Griffin.
0: I know that, but like, it, but that's what I'm saying. Like Brian, like saying stuff, it just feels like you're reading a script that was written by somebody who wanted to make like a, a charming, like, like sexy character
1: so in the night portion of the date uh rachel tries to kind of find a flaw in brian and she kind of does that as the way she always does with brian where she has to talk about herself for a while and then brian will reveal something
0: he's got a big glowing weak point right on his chest she hit it with the arrow of light and he died right there exploded she got the dry force it was great the end
1: oh i see what you did there video games (laughs) video games so rachel talks about her sister's uh, and how she was always kind of the tomboy, and her sister was the pretty one, and she was the cool one. Uh, and that gave her some insecurities when she was growing up. And Brian says, well, I had a very similar experience. I was very, very thin. And then it wasn't until senior year of high school that I got attention. And that's it. That's the anecdote. Okay. <laughs> so I don't feel any closer to Brian.
0: No, I mean, not no, like, I'm, I, I'm sure that was difficult. It's just like, we're on a date. I need a little bit more than that.
1: Yeah. Like, so many people have opened up in such real ways. And I just still don't feel like Brian has really allowed himself to be as vulnerable.
0: I don't even need, like, I, cause for me, that's a tough play of the emotional breakthrough. It's hard for you to do that without me feeling like you're fucking cashing in on, on some like real life bad thing. For yeah. me, it's just like the fucking like gap tooth conversation with Peter, where they talked about their gap teeth and the realities of that. That's like all time. That's like peak shit. That's, Here's a th- here's here's a completely innocuous thing that we have in common that is real that oh. we had before this show and I didn't like it didn't feel I like something just, you- what
1: I'm sorry I just thought of the best proposal Peter could do
0: he tucks it up in there
1: yeah he put the right. ring between his teeth uh, I, I
0: that that's anyway, like sorry that's the good stuff right <laughs> yeah I, I'm not saying so it doesn't all have to be like here's my, here's here's the bad thing that happened to me when I was younger. Yeah, which is not no. to like, which is absolutely not to discredit those those things. It's just like, I don't know. It doesn't feel, there's no, there's just not much realness here. Although there's not yeah. much realness. I don't know why I'm picking on Brian so much this episode because there's not much realness with most of them, but.
1: Which is even him saying something like, you know, like I don't feel like I've been a very good boyfriend for some of the people I've dated. Or, you know, like, oh, you know what? Like, sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm not as as well-read as I could be. Yeah, sure. You know, just something, I don't know, some kind of concession. Uh, But he says that he's falling in love with her. They kiss. He gets a rose. All right. Uh, So back at the house, we get this scene uh, with Eric and Anthony. Yeah. And – Eric has been paying attention, as we've noticed, to like a lot of who is getting dates. And he still at this point has not gotten a one on one date. And he uh, is telling Anthony that he has concerns that Rachel doesn't want to date, quote, brothers.
0: Yeah, he, his his argument and like at this point, we're on episode five, right? Episode one doesn't have any, any dates at all. So like two, three, four, that's... What like five six dates? Yeah. Um, he says like Anth- Anthony, Anthony's you're the only, the only you're the black only black guy. man that has gotten a date. Um, and it, I think a lot of this is uh, also kind of based in like Eric's insecurities that we've seen come out a couple times now mm-hmm. um, because he has not gotten a date, um, even though they had like this really great connection night one, and then it's kind of just been like set aside for group dates and stuff like that. Um, but Anthony kind of explains pretty level headedly like you know she's she's going to date who she's going to date and yeah. like i don't think it's worth like reading into it more than that like
1: yeah cuz eric seems to be fishing like well anthony how do you think you got a date and anthony's like she wanted to go out with me like you know it was kind of a it was a weird exchange
0: i forget what exactly what anthony said but like yeah, I feel like Anthony is like one of the more like mature dudes in the house. Like I feel like he's always in conversations like this and Yeah,
1: he's not competitive no. about it. Uh so that kind of sets up
0: It's all that Murakami he's read, you know? It's just mm. like I don't know if Was that's Is that Anthony? It. Yeah,
1: that's Anthony. Oh. That's what I'm saying. That's my that's my that's my dude. That's my yeah. best friend. Group date. Adam, Dean, Anthony, Peter, Matt, Will, Alex, Eric, Josiah. Two guys not on that group date are Lee and Kenny, meaning there's going to be a two on one, which we already knew because we saw the <sighs> teaser.
0: You could put a knife to my fucking throat right now and ask me to tell you a single detail about this group date and I I literally I literally can't. Oh no, I can't handball.
1: <laughs> yeah, handball. <laughs> it just
0: took me a second.
1: Uh, handball, we learn. Is a combination of football, basketball, and water. Don't polo. talk for me.
0: I know everything about handball.
1: Do you remember what the name of the coach was?
0: Uh, coach Eric Taylor. And mm. I thought that was so weird.
1: No, it's Coach Tom. Oh, okay. <laughs> must be so embarrassed.
0: I'm embarrassed. I'm humiliated.
1: Uh, Josiah uh, thinks that he's going to be very good at handball because he has quote real hands, not the Donald Trump hands.
0: We it's a it's a fun topical. burn. It's topical. a fun burn. It's topical, but the handball is extremely small. It's not a very big ball, so it's like a weird. I'll be able to grab this ball with my big hands, not my Donald Trump hands, and yeah. the ball is quite tiny. So, <laughs> uh,
1: Rachel plays on the red team. It's red team versus blue team. This was
0: weird, right? Like whenever there's like a sporting competition, yeah. usually the. Uh, the Bachelor, or Bachelorette, kind of stays out of well, it. Well, it's because
1: there's no stakes. The winning team that doesn't get anything. Yes, they they don't do at least they don't seem to do anymore. Where the, the winning team gets more time, I yeah. guess, because there were so many injuries. Yeah, <laughs> that they decided not to. If do If
0: memory that. serves, Will kind of crushed it, right? He yeah. said he's actually played handball before, and yeah, he, Will is
1: kind of incredible.
0: He was great. Um, Peter. Rachel
1: says he's like Jordan in the '97 finals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Peter was Peter was very uh, like grabbed Rachel and like picked her up and was like
1: yeah. Really took advantage there
0: are a lot of people who like there's a lot of people in this house who like get it i guess and and on group dates it's like go run and milk that yak and then fucking chug its shit and then like people will just like branch off and just run over to the bachelorette and be like look at these nerds so anyway that's
1: not a euphemism by the way griffin was talking about literally milking a yak
0: yeah no yeah grabbing a yak's teats we don't need a fucking, like, full house kiss reaction.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. By
0: the way, Dean is wearing his fucking jock strap outside of his Yeah, that's fun. His we, unitard. Don't, we don't
1: get any story behind that. We
0: super don't. We even see it again in the after credit sequence. And
1: nobody talks about nobody it. nobody even. Uh, we do get to see AJ in the balcony. It's good. Uh, he's wearing the same uniform the guys are wearing. And he's it's, also wearing his beret.
0: It's not pronounced, though. It's, like, really good. You, like, it's quick. You probably, you may have missed it.
1: Night portion of the group date, um, she puts uh, Will up first to talk to because he did so well uh, on in the handball challenge. Uh, he says that in the past, he was left by somebody he loved. And so he's going to really put his foot on the pedal in their relationship going forward. Uh, and they kiss. And Rachel feels kind of more excited about Will after that exchange.
0: I really liked Will. Oh shit. I used past tense. <laughs> Spoiler. Um no, I really I, I really did like Will a lot. Um
1: by the way, so we went into this episode with like twelve dudes and by the end of Tuesday night we have six. We had more than
0: twelve dudes, I thought. Um a lot of fucking 13. a lot of fucking dudes went home yeah. these two
1: episodes. So yeah, you're gonna hear a lot of past tense. <laughs> um and then, you know, it's the usual group date shenanigans. Yeah, it's um, One thing that happens is Josiah sits down with Rachel. Oh, yeah. And talks about how he believes that she's the woman for him, says all these complimentary things about her. And she says, you know, you don't really ask questions about me. Uh, and he says you're so perceptive. I love that about you. <laughs>
0: he said something like, "I believe it was it was kind of brutal." He said something like, "I believe that um, my dad told my mom that like he believed that God put him on Earth to love her or something like that." And I genuinely believe that like I, you are destined to be my wife or something like that. Yeah. And she was like, "You really don't ask me any questions." Like no. it was such an uh, escalation. I feel like that she was just not having even yeah, a little she bit. She says
1: he seems fascinated with the idea of me. Which I think is, is It tracks, very, right? Like yeah.
0: every time we talk to her, I'm like, I'm I'm you know, she will be mine. Oh yes, she will be mine.
1: Yeah, Josiah is so competitive. Yeah. It's clear that a big part of the allure for him is he wants yeah. to win. Um Her and Peter have some time where Peter talks about how she is so easy to read and Rachel talks about how she feels like he gets her. Is um, this when she asks
0: him to kiss her, or is that on the next day?
1: That's, yeah, that's not this. Is this the hot tub or is that the, this next is day? where they get in the hot tub?
0: Yeah. She's like, he looks they're outside. Looking, yeah. yeah they're looking balcony. out a window and they're like, is that a balcony? she's like, yeah, there's a hot tub out there. Can we get in it? And he's like, yes. And
1: apparently they're out there for a long time because when he comes back to the group, they call him Mr. Three and a Half Hours. It's like
0: he's he's so he's so super going to win. It's it's I know I talked about how there's like four or five people that I know are going to be the top ones that like if you're not in that group, like, I'm sorry, but it's just not in the cards for you. I don't it's it's so their body language and it
1: could turn. I still think it could turn.
0: Man, I don't know. They even, I feel like they even tried to turn it this date because they go out in the hot tub for a long time and he does not get the group date rose.
1: No, she gives the group date rose to Will. Yeah. And Peter feels a little bit of doubt about that. Okay.
0: Uh, we're going to talk about the shitty shit, shit, bullshit, turd, dog turd, uh, two on one next. But before we get to that, can I steal you
1: away? Do I just always have to do it now?
0: I can do it if you want.
1: Yeah, why don't you? I don't have anything. That's fun. It's fart noise, not <laughs> <laughs> a breath. Uh, hey Griffin, can I tell you about our first sponsor?
0: Yeah, can I sit back though? Because I'm leaning over to talk on the mic and it hurts. Okay. I got achy, achy back situation.
1: Okay. Aww. That's attractive.
0: (laughs) Oh, rubbing my fucking tummy.
1: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Thrive Market. I got to investigate Thrive Market this week.
0: Hard hitting investigative journalism. Mm
1: -hmm. Went to the website. What's the deal? What's went to the website? What
0: What are they hiding?
1: If you want to investigate somebody, look at their website. These have been hot tips from Rachel McElroy. (laughs)
0: Hard hard nosed reporter Rachel McRae.
1: Go to their fucking URL, you silly. Okay, so it's ThriveMarket.com. Thrive Market is the new convenient way to get high quality natural organic groceries like healthy snacks, supplements, and foods to stock your pantry at twenty-five to fifty percent less than even the discount stores. Thrive Market sounds too
0: good to be true. What's the scoop gum shit?
1: (laughs) Thrive Market is like Costco meets Whole Foods. Pay just $60 a year to get wholesale pricing all year long. The average customer saves about $40 per order and Thrive guarantees you'll save more than your membership fee in your first two orders. In fact, they'll let you test drive the savings for free before you buy your membership. Test drive it for free for 30 days and get an extra 20% off at thrivemarket.com rosebuddies. That's an extra 20% off at thrivemarket.com rosebuddies uh i will say one thing i liked about it i went you can search foods by your dietary needs and so for example you can look at dairy-free items you can look at paleo items you can look at gluten free items soy free um and that way you can be sure that you are getting the things that you want
0: that's good because our our boy our precious little egg cannot have well dairy and soy inside of you because last time it happened, he farted so loud, the cat died. <laughs> uh, that's that's weird weird that, little
1: family circus you created.
0: Yeah, I remember that strip of family circus where Jeffy farted so loud, the cat died. That's thrivemarket.com slash rosebuddies. Thrive Market, <laughs> sorry for saying that sentence after the last sentence. I said, here's another ad, and it's for Casper, because we're supported in part by Casper. It's an online retailer of premium, obsessively engineered mattresses for a fraction of the price. Um, we have one. Uh, And it's in our guest room And by guest room I mean nursery But really what is our son But a lifelong guest in my life that doesn't make any sense. It sounds awful. That's um, going to be
1: used against us.
0: <laughs> so Casper, they've got a risk-free trial and return policy. You can try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days with free delivery to the U.S. and Canada and painless returns. I didn't say how much I like the mattress, but it is really good. It's very, good.
1: very comfortable. We still lay on it time to time with Henry and read him books. Yeah. It's nice.
0: Uh, they feature supportive memory memory foam with a sleep surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. And you're you. because what you're you say about me. <laughs> that you have the right sink? I don't know. I don't know. She sinks in all the right places. I don't know if I said right like that. Baby, can I please not talk anymore? I'm I am fucking done. She sinks in all the right places and she bounces in all the right places. You can save $50 towards any mattress purchase if you go to Casper.com slash Rosebuddies and use the promo code Rosebuddies All1Word. It checks out, checks out. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> Oh, barely. that one! I that building was falling down around me as I ran out of it. Uh, here's a jumbotron message, and I'll let you read the next one. But this one's for Max, and it's from Kathy, who says, "Can Griffin read this? Yes. You don't want me to, though, right now, because I've got the tired brain." Happy birthday to the cutest emergency doctor in the world. I'm so grateful that we've uh, finally almost gotten through these four years of long distance and can finally snuggle together every night. I, Griffin, think you're very sexy, and I Yay. am falling in love with you more every day. Yay. Sorry, babe. They paid us $100 to tear our marriage apart. <laughs> uh, congratu- i take it. Uh, thank you, Kathy. Max, you're looking so choice over there, dude. Do you want to read this? Uh-huh. My computer's really heavy today. <laughs> I've got lots of files in it today.
1: <laughs> uh, this message is from Marie. It is from Nick. Okay, there's a typo in this. Do I read it with a typo? No, babe. No. <laughs> We're almost certainly stuck in endless traffic on roadworks, but at least I get to spend every morning in traffic with you. If either of us gets fired before Griffin, or maybe Rachel... Exclamation point <laughs> reads this. I guess it will make the message slightly awkward. Oh, well, love you. Also, Raven is adorable, and I'll be sad when Vanessa inevitably wins. Whoa. Whoa. From
0: downtown, this message was uh, By the way, pick up some Crystal Pepsi for me on the way home, please. <laughs> love that new flavor. Really excited about it. I
1: think it was submitted back in March. So that's. I'm
0: going to grab a big and tasty down at McDonald's. Can you? Do you want anything? I'm Hal Lublin. I'm Danielle Radford. I am Michael Eagle. And we are the hosts of Tights and Fights, Maximum Fun's newest podcast dedicated to all things wrestling. We'll be talking about Sasha Banks, the Women's Revolution, Sasha Banks, the Brand Split, and Sasha Banks' wigs.
1: And we'll also be talking about wrestler fashion. Some wrestlers wear too many clothes. Some wrestlers don't wear enough clothes at all. And I'll be doing impressions of all your favorite wrestlers. New episodes Thursdays on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, yeah, dig it.
0: All right. Let's do it. Power through it. Let's talk about this two-on-one date. Two on Let's talk one. about how bad it was, shitty, and how it's left a it dark and permanent scar, cost this franchise forever. And then we'll talk about all of the big and major publications <laughs> that took a big fat dump on this show. And then we'll part. <laughs> we'll celebrate in the dump together. How's that sound, gang?
1: Wonderful. Uh, as is typical now with two-on-ones, they go to a remote wasteland where they have set up a few chairs. And nothing else. This
0: was Kelsey and Ashley. I right. That was the first. The, the, mm-hmm. That was Ben Higgins' season, I think. Right? Was it? No. It was before. Oh shit! It was. It was um, like Chris Souls. Um, maybe Chris Souls. Um, but um,
1: this definitely happens every a lot time. Of now time. it's, it's yeah. a universal. It happened in JoJo's happened season. Happened in JoJo's
0: season. It happened with. Um, I
1: don't remember two on ones from Nick.
0: It was uh, Corinne and. Oh, Taylor. Taylor, yeah. remember they took him like out yeah. into the swamp. There was an
1: activity with that one. There
0: though. was, I guess. Um, but f- for the most part, and it started with this date where they took, uh, uh, Chris, I guess, took Kelsey and Ashley I, who you might remember from last bit, yeah. uh, out to like this fucking like, badlands, badlands area, mm-hmm. and then ended up sending both of them home. And so they, there's just a, I think the producer got a shot, and I mean, we probably talked about how like... Like effective, this shot was of this helicopter flying away from these two women as they sort of cross cross paths, two ships passing in the night. Like it was, but now that's just every time. So yeah, sure enough, we are in this what looks like frigid tundra mm-hmm. um, with Blake and Lee. Mm-hmm.
1: So Rachel pulls Kenny away first, uh, and Kenny has a good conversation with her. Um, this is where we find out, and I have been on a quest. Uh, To find out what is happening here. Because he talks to Rachel about how they have fun. Yeah. And then Rachel says, onion time. And they both enjoy that reference. And I don't know it what seems, it is. It seems
0: familiar. I think they said, I think they may have said something about, like, I think I remember something about peeling back an onion from previous conversations that they had. I may be making this up from whole cloth, but I remember thinking of while watching this show, the Shrek and Donkey scene about onions. Oh. And so that mnemonic device has really helped me out here by getting me <laughs> half of a memory. Um, yeah, I didn't um, know. You tweeted it then, though, and you asked, like, what was onion time? And I
1: tweeted at Kenny and Rachel, hoping that I maybe had enough followers now to get a response. I do not.
0: We've seen a lot of people, by the way, who have like gotten pictures with Kenny by going to his wrestling, uh, his wrestling matches. Yeah. And I think there's a Ring of Honor event that's coming up that he's uh, participating in that I know some folks in the group are going to try to get down to.
1: Uh, so
0: I would love to fucking watch that dude wrestle. He was so fucking entertaining during the mud wrestling day and yeah. his like uh, promo spot at the beginning of the season. Like, I bet he's fucking awesome at it.
1: Uh, so he he talks about uh how great Rachel is, and and then he does bring up Lee, but he does it in a way that I think is constructive. Um, he says, you know, Lee may not think that he has enough to keep you. Uh, which is why he's doing this, and yeah, I yelled uh, at him, um, but I just want you to know, like my focus right now is on us getting to know each other. Um, and Rachel says Kenny really seems to be fighting for their relationship, and she gets a real sense of sincerity out of him uh, Ken-
0: Kenny also to Lee in this moment, considering their their last time it was just Lee like provoking him and doing that, like nothing makes me happier than when a guy gets angry and I fucking smile at him provoking and, and and lee you know cut cussing him out um this this t- this time kenny's just like you know what does he say he goes he goes back and sits down and he says like i feel like i feel great like this is a this is a good day and like i just went and talked to rachel and it was just all about us and like i feel really i feel really yeah like he feels good better. i feel at peace yeah and then of course
1: and then rachel pulls lee away um and lee starts talking about all the ways that kenny has insulted him
0: lee looks weirdly um i don't know if you read it like this he looks really exhausted on and i don't yeah. know like this is this is absolutely not to make excuses for lee i just thought it was weird like this sort of sinister like over-the-top villainy that we've seen in the past times he just looks fucking like really tired well, in this day going hard
1: since i guess so there. yeah um lee talks about how kenny has called him a snake. Uh, which Rachel says, actually, he did tell me about that, um, but not the B word. Uh, And then Lee um, talks about how it's gotten out of hand and how this kind of name-calling and aggression only happens when Kenny drinks. Yeah, and and then he tells the story about Kenny pulling him out of a van, which
0: is completely false. Yes, Um, all
1: signs point to that not having happened.
0: Yeah, that didn't that super didn't happen, and like the reason I know it didn't happen is because of what happens next when I guess two steps down the line here. Um, But Rachel is kind of shocked by this news, uh, and she says like I'm not just going to take it at face value. I wanted to keep her at home, but I think Rachel lawyer lawyer Rachel needs to. Uh, get into this and so she goes and goes back to the little chilly plaza where the two boys are hanging out um, and she grabs Kenny again
1: yeah she's she says that she's getting two different stories um, and so she pulls Kenny away and tells Kenny what Lee said um, and Kenny just says he's lying to you you know this is not true, and Rachel's like, "Well, I just wanted you to know what he was saying." It's just going to come down to who I trust. Um, And then Kenny approaches Lee, and this and- is
0: this is where we get the like to be continued because yeah. he's like he is
1: pretty he, upset. He's like laughing in kind of a sinister way because he just can't believe what has happened.
0: Yeah, because by by uh, from Kenny's perspective, by all accounts. This is the second time that they've like squashed this shit, right? And it has just come back up again. Like it just keeps it just like this is Lee's whole through line and Kenny recognizes that now. And I can't imagine how like exasperating that must be of just like I, I, if you think about it uh like this is I your time is so limited, right? But Lee is like purposefully making Kenny's time with her all about this shit and i well, can't and imagine he's not
1: even trying to get close to Rachel anymore he's just trying to ruin Kenny
0: yeah so like um everything aside about how like um like offensive it would be to to like be Kenny and have Lee say this shit and like try to paint you in this light um uh, like putting all that aside like i can't imagine how frustrating it must be to be in this love competition and television show where you don't get a choice what your story is here. You don't get a choice. What Rachel thinks about you, what she thinks about you is what this like racist shithead is like making the story. Um, and so like, I think that just boils over here. And he has like a, he, he just is like cackling as he comes down the the hill screaming snake. And then we have a fucking another like real bad trailer for the next episode, which was Tuesday Uh, about, um, again, showing that bloody eye and fucking Chris Harrison saying like, the most dramatic confrontation. What will happen when Kenny and Lee go head to head? There's a treatment, and I I don't know if it was specifically um, localized to this trailer or if it's just sort of like the tone of the next episode, which we're gonna talk about here in a second, but there's a treatment almost, I, I felt like I was getting a tone from this show of Kenny's response to Lee's bullshit was in a way like also bad. Like I feel like the show was trying to paint them both like these two bad dudes are are really you know, they're really going at it. And yeah, Lee has been saying some shit, but Kenny's response to it is is, you know, getting out of hand. And it's like trying to paint them as equals in this conflict, like really, really I feel like it's some Yeah, it's a pretty big shitty leap.
1: Yeah, no, they're using kind of the same approach they always use with these two-on-ones. Right. Where it's just like, the you know, the gloves are coming off. Kelsey and
0: Ashley Eye, they're both, you know, semi-bad characters, right? The gloves are coming off. Rod and Alex. Rod and Alex, right? These two bad boys are kind of like, that's what they're doing. And it's because they have footage of Kenny, like, yelling, right? But that is a result of the provocation that Lee... Has been laying down. It's not like these are these are not even close to being two two equal things. You this this show is treating it again like they've treated fucking every other season and every other event that's ever happened in every other season, and just saying like bad behavior. Let's just let them duke it out. Maybe they'll have a punch fight. Here's one of them with blood on them. and it's like y'all need to like step back and watch this. Uh,
1: so. Kenny, we pick up episode six. Kenny immediately is is continuing uh, right where we left off. Um, Kenny's like, I feel terrible that you have to lie so blatantly uh, that you feel like you have to lie. And uh, Kenny asks specifically about the van. And Lee says he didn't say that. And Kenny says, well. I'll
0: go get her. And- yeah. And now
1: you're calling Rachel a liar?
0: that that's what I'm talking. Like he didn't pull him out of any fucking van. Of course. The other thing is like, if they would have filmed it and they would have put this on the fucking television show also.
1: Yeah. Uh, So Rachel returns uh, and she says that today has been really informative. Um, You guys have two completely different stories. So it comes down to who I trust Uh, and then she says that she doesn't trust Lee after hearing what she heard and sends Lee home and she doesn't give Kenny the rose either. So she wants to spend more time with Kenny tonight before she gives him a rose.
0: At this point, uh, they walk to the helicopter and like, they're getting into it. And Kenny says like, like, hold on, I need to go talk to Lee one last time. Uh, and Rachel looks pretty exasperated. She's like, what What are they doing over there? Like, what could he possibly be saying? Um, as Kenny goes to kind of confront Lee one last time and kind of like rub it in a little bit. Um, did you write that yeah, one he actually said? Look,
1: one thing Kenny says is he's like, you know, I think that there has to be a decent Lee inside there. Um, it wasn't anything uh,
0: compared to like the, you know, fraught conversations they've had in the past like it was fair Kenny was being fairly level-headed I think he he just wanted one last chance to just be like to just say like that was that was bullshit and and I, I think again it was that same frustration coming out of just like you have you have dive-bombed my... Like, I didn't get a rose. Like, there's a reason I didn't get a rose, and it's because you have dragged me down into the fucking muck well, with you. Well, and Rachel
1: asks him later, like, why did you go back to talk to Lee? Um, You had me. You won. Why did you go talk to Lee? And he says that he doesn't want to bottle things up. Yeah. That he wants to address them right when they happen. Uh, so that's kind of his reasoning. I
0: get it. Like, I get being... I, that is frustration that Lee tried to cultivate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, But at the same time, like... It's not a great look, right? It, especially not if you know you are already on thin ice for for this for this yeah. like Rose. And well, I say that, but at the same time, I also recognize like there are some things that are probably bigger than getting a Rose on this reality dating competition.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think part of him still thought like maybe he could get Lee to understand. Like there seems to be a part of Kenny that like always thought like maybe he could get through to Lee.
0: Yeah, but nope, Lee sucks. Bye Lee, fuck off. Um, yeah, so I guess this is um, this is probably a good time for us to talk about some of the articles that people have written because um, there was a lot, and nobody was writing about fucking Eric's fun date coming up next. Everybody was writing about um, everybody was writing about the Lee and Kinney stuff. Um, so here's a. Here's an article on The New Yorker by Doreen St. Felix, the vexing racial politics of this season's Bachelorette. Uh, A a pull quote from that. What is most frustrating about this saga is the show's editing, which presents Garrett's racist antagonizing and King's angry, angry responses as morally equivalent. Uh, King calls Garrett a snake, a lizard and a B word. Uh, But that is in response to Garrett constantly commenting that King is big, angry, and violent. When another black contestant tries to explain to Garrett that there is a longstanding history of people calling black men aggressive, Garrett replies that it is King who is playing the race card. It is cheap, even for The Bachelorette, to equate nasty gaslighting with garden-variety television villainy. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, st- if this stuff is truly behind this season, which like, hey, I don't, I don't know, like. There, there are more racial balls to be fucking dropped in the, what, four episodes this season has. Um, but that it, that's, I think if you're painting this show in the best light, that's what you can say about it, is they're just trying to make the same show they've made every other time.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Because there's nothing that, like, uh, Lee's motivations are obviously, like, sinister, right? But in terms of, like, the performances we're seeing on our screen, like, it's nothing that we haven't seen before. and in fact, it is exactly what we saw last season, The Bachelor. It's just like done work this time because because of like the broader context of it. Uh, here's an article by here's a, a another article by Roger Sherman. We talked about uh, his uh, he writes for the ringer. Uh, I talked about one of his last week. Finally, The Bachelorette returns to the pursuit of love. Um, I liked this one, and I think it's maybe a good table setter for, like, the rest of this episode of Rose Buddies. Marked down June 27th as the day The Bachelorette remembered it's a show about a woman dating a bunch of guys. For a while, the show wasn't so much about Rachel and romance as it was the squabbles of several dudes, mainly dick-measuring competitions with a side of racial tension. Um, It's a good point of just, like, Rachel's fucking excellent, and we, like... We've seen that even when things have been bad, but, like, we haven't gotten to see it as much because of this yeah, shit. like,
1: I think audiences everywhere are saying, Rachel's enough. Like, I like Rachel. You don't have to put all this ridiculous stuff around her. Like, just show me more of Rachel. That's, I don't need this other stuff.
0: And it's not just that she's great. It's, like, she's the first black lead on this show, and I feel like um, it's, like, important to, uh, like... Not fucking dump all over her season like this. Yeah, I think you mentioned that like ratings were down. Um, this yeah, recently
1: for like the first time since the season premiere, American Ninja Warrior beat out The Bachelorette.
0: (laughs) Maybe American Ninja Warrior had a great week, but like, (laughs) um, if this if this and I've seen this like we've talked about like how uncomfortable we feel like continuing to patronize this show in some roundabout way. But people have pointed out, and it's a good point, like, if the first season with a black lead, I the know. ratings tank, like, that's bad. Yeah. And I, I, everybody I've talked to about this, I'm, uh, I, I know a lot of people who cover this show professionally, um, and a lot of people in like media who, who, who watch this show. And like, everybody's talking about this and not in like a can you believe it way, but in a like, can you believe it? Like, it it, this seems like the type of thing that makes people like tune out and i'm sure there's a lot of people in bachelor nation who are just like who's gonna win kenny or lee and they don't even think about it but i it just seems like i don't know it seems bad and if it if it goes bad on this season i'm i'm worried about what that means for the rest of the like what the the rest of the franchise um here's another one from oh hey the new york times from uh, Joe Coscarelli and Karen Gans. The Bachelorette leans on a racial conflict and nobody wins. Uh, and this is about the specifically about all of the uh, uh, Kinney's bleeding eye, which has been in like l- pretty much every trailer. Yeah, this whole time, uh, this kind of deception and false advertising is nothing new for the Bachelorette. But playing with the idea that a racist and a black man would settle their differences via violence feels far more charged than the show's usual editing liberties. They're using the specter of racial violence as a ratings lure with a grotesque "Will they or won't they?" Like this is it? Like. You paint them in the best light, and it's all we do—the bleeding thing. Like every, and they do every single fucking season trailer has like somebody bleeding in it. It's but this, but this is like, come on, guys.
1: It's like there's no sensitivity or awareness. Like they made the decision to cast Rachel, and I think at least I thought, oh, they're really going to do their homework. They're going to recognize this is our first time doing this and we are not prepared. But no, they didn't do any homework. <laughs> no. They just took out like their old dusty playbook, brushed it off, and started up again. That's,
0: and, and I want to be clear here, that's best case scenario. Yeah, no, that's Worst case true. scenario is if fucking Lee was recruited for this stuff and like people, yeah. uh, the, the flip side of this coin is I know a lot of people in media who watch the show and a lot of people who cover this show professionally and this, we are all talking about this, right? Yeah. And if you if you genuinely believe that, like, no, you know, all all news is good news, like, to this fucking extent, like, it paints a it paints a pretty fucking sinister portrait of the people who are making this television show. Here's a uh, one last one from uh, The Atlantic. It's uh, by Megan Garber. The Bachelorette reveals itself for what it is. During this week's two-night special, the doubleheader that Chris Harrison teased as if it were a sporting event, both Kinney and Lee ended up eliminated. Oh, spoilers. Uh, lee for his untrustworthiness Kinney for the fact that his relationship with rachel hadn't progressed as speedily as those of his competitors um tuesday night's episode concluded with the dramas that typically define the show about romance about connection about finding the one there was no more mention of Kinney and lee the racial tension plot line had apparently served its purpose it had been exploited then forget- forgotten by the producers at any rate but not necessarily by the viewers
1: Said, yeah, so that's kind of a teaser for the rest of the episode. But what happens um, after this conflict between Kenny and Lee is? It feels just like another device. It feels like Blake uh, and Waboom. It
0: feels exactly like Blake and Waboom, and it's it, it. How do you not? How do you not fucking like? It's it is beyond me. Like I know this is a big show, and there's a lot of moving parts to it. They had enough time in post to, like, Lee's big fucking racist diatribes come out, and you do something. If this is the doctored version, if this is the, like, toned down version of what they had originally intended, like, fucking shit. Um, but it kind of reads like, what, a couple months ago, Lee's racist tweets come out, and people were like, oh, fuck, this dude's a huge racist. I wonder if ABC's gonna do something. No, they're not. They're not. They yeah. just super, super aren't. And to like flip this switch and just be like, okay, now we're gonna go on sweet dates is, I don't know, man. It is it is some tonal ass dissonance and it's gross and it sucks. That being said, let's continue our <laughs> recap of this episode of The Bachelorette.
1: Uh, so it's the night portion of Kenny's date with Rachel. Um, she, Rachel kind of brings her concerns to the date uh, says that like she is watching him and judging his responses to things and figuring out how that would potentially impact their relationship. Uh, and this is in reference to him kind of going back to talk to Lee and the conflict with Lee and how she's trying to infer from that how that might mean he would be in a relationship. And yeah. he kind of cautions her and says, what would be different with us is that all of my words would be uh, measured by the love that I had for you. Like what happened with Lee is not reflective of who I would be in a relationship. Uh, you know, if we were to have a disagreement or if I were to get upset with you, I would be a different yeah. person. Uh, and so Rachel says that she trusts him. Um, she loves that he's a good dad uh, and respects that he has taken time to kind of build a friendship with her. Uh, Cause sincerity is a big deal for her. And so she does give him the rose uh, and then we get to see Kenny have a moment with his daughter after that. Oh um, man. He talks to her on the phone, which as I recall, and I've seen several seasons now, parents are always allowed to check in with their kids on a telephone. Like it's not a special Kenny circumstance.
0: But the fact that they're fucking filming this dude as he has like, yeah. a, like a, a good cry.
1: He's having he a really is, hard man,
0: time. It is. This is the first season of this show that we've watched since we've had a kid. And right, yeah, it fucked me up, man. Like that, I, that's like, cause then I thought about like I was just gone for a week at E three, and that was tough. The thought of like being away for as long as they're away, yeah, it's it's well, and
1: part of the reason he has such an emotional reaction is his daughter is incredibly mature, and so she is always comforting him yeah. and always reassuring him, and I think that that makes it all the more real for him. Of like, I have this incredible daughter, yeah uh and it's hard for him to be away from her
0: um but he ends up getting the getting the rose um
1: yeah and And so then we go to the rose ceremony uh rachel again is wearing an incredible dress her rose ceremony dresses are this episode alone was just
0: like fucking everything yeah this has never stood out this has literally never Uh stood out to me before I i feel the same way like everything she wears is fucking incredible
1: yeah yeah it's it's remarkable.
0: Was this the gold one? The gold dress? Or is you that No, I
1: didn't even write down the details. I just wrote dress in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> uh so this is the rose ceremony. We get a lot of footage of Josiah being super confident. Uh says if she doesn't give me a rose, there's something wrong with her brain.
0: Yeah, I mean, he says a bunch of shit. It
1: it it, it. and who ends up going home? Josiah and Anthony.
0: Yeah, Josiah was like Okay, they were clearly, like, building to this and whatever. Anthony sucked because, like, or Anthony going home sucked, I should say, because he had a solo date and it was fucking pretty good, I thought, and I really liked him in the house, and he read a book that I really like and talked about it on his on his bio and I guess that might be it. Like I, I really liked him though. Yeah, I don't know
1: why you were so attached to Anthony.
0: I was mostly the book. But no, also <laughs> because like whenever there were like tough conversations happening in the house, like he was always he was always like in there. Um and regardless of what you think about Anthony uh, for him to like, he had a solo date and he went on some group dates and he had like a lot of screen time. And there were a lot of people when he got sent home in the in the Facebook group who were like, no, Anthony, he didn't get a fucking second. He didn't get a fucking frame of like, oh, you know, I'm really sad to be going home.
1: Yeah, that was kind of unfair. It was all focused on Josiah because he made such a big deal about it.
0: And Josiah, like, yeah, he had this like, he keeps saying the word bravado to like describe um, him, him and his like, the, his like character that he was playing right this last gasp was so, it was i this is when i talked to you and i was like even if this show wasn't doing like kind of you know pretty problematic shit um especially this season it's insulting it, it is it's genuinely insulting to like how much these people turn like it is insulting how much like Uh, contestants on this show will just fucking, like, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde transform clearly under, like, a producer's guidance. Like, Josiah's performance here at the end was, like, the most buck-wild shit I have ever seen. Josiah
1: kind of starts trashing the guys that he picked over him. um, And it it was... And talks about how Rachel, like, uh, clearly doesn't have good taste because she sent him home. And his whole... whole,
0: and, And... that is not who he started out the season being necessarily. Not at like, all. not and and in his opening package, even it was like uh-huh. his opening package was heartbreaking. Um, yeah, he
1: wanted to like give back to his community after all these like really tragic things that happened. And 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 it's like
0: Iggy turning into this fucking narc, and like yeah. all all of these people just like it, I I asked you like, is there some sort of like weird bug in the house that bites you and you catch this like fucking 28 days later like instant rage disease where just like you're just like talking mad shit for that that's coming out of nowhere
1: yeah
0: i it, it it's and it's so like um what what i told you was like it's like a bad wrestling promo it's like it's they break kayfabe so fucking hard I don't buy it. like that's not you that's not a person yeah. that's not anyone yeah and I know that this is all and and like wrestling like I know it's not fucking real right but at the same time like I I suspend my disbelief for the good dates and I suspend my disbelief for the moments of like genuine connection and shit like this is just like what are we doing here gang
1: speaking of good dates we're going to Denmark. Yes, and Eric is getting a one. Fucking
0: best day! I saw so many people. Like I didn't. I don't remember anything about Eric. It's like
1: how do you forget about Eric? We loved Eric. I loved Eric. Eric was the one who was on the um, after, the, after, final after rose. the final rose, and danced with her, and they seemed to have a real connection from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so they they have kind of an extraordinary date. They uh, they first get into a vote together. Uh, after dancing on the dock because dancing is their thing uh and they're in their winter wear uh, because i guess it's cold there and they're cuddling Hmm, tell me more uh they have this moment where they talk about kids and (sighs) rachel says that she wants four and will's like wow and she says is that a lot and he says well i mean no i want 10 but (laughs) (laughs) and she like cracked up
0: (laughs) There, it's so, like, it just feels really, um... Eric
1: is, like, Eric is a very serious person. We've seen him have a lot of serious, uh, conversations with other men in the house. But he also has a really good sense of humor. He's hysterical,
0: and he's, like, he's, he is, um... I think he's charming in a way that Brian isn't. And, like, his shit doesn't feel, his shit doesn't feel prepared. Because he's, here's the big thing. And this is, like, the most fucking stock, like relationship bullshit ever but he listens to what rachel says and then like responds to it
1: and shares and shares things him.
0: and in his responses leaves openings for her to step back into the conversation so, yeah. like their 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 date felt so fucking natural um and i just like i like that in every season I especially like at this season where i am so completely rooting for for the bachelorette
1: mm-hmm uh, so they go to this cafe and they they talk with an old man who asks them how long they've been married, uh, which um, Eric really celebrates. <laughs> um, and then they get in a hot tub together, like a like an outdoor, outdoor hot tub. Hot tub.
0: I'd do. Are you kidding me? You know me in hot tubs. I'd fuck with that completely.
1: Like just an out in the yes. middle of yes. everything. Yes. Okay.
0: Although, and like, this is another like cafe breaking thing of just like they walk up to. Do you want to get in? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. And they're in swimsuits. It's like, come on. Yeah. Oh, hot tub. Weird. Is there a hot tub out there? Is that one of those? Uh, is that one of those uh, heated uh, little pools? I. It would be fun if we could get in it. Pfft, I'm wearing my hot wearing my fucking trunks right now. <laughs> oh, where'd those come from? Just always got those. I fucking do you see that? You're not the only fucking investigator here. Yeah. I cracked that case wide open. Where'd they get the bikini from? Nice try. Did you
1: think he had them like folded up in his pocket.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Don't you do that? Maybe like like one of those belts that you're supposed to wear when you travel, except his just had, uh, instead of money, had like a swimsuit folded up in it. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, there's also probably, I mean, there's a big production team. Somebody could have carried it for them, I suppose. But then they just carry bathing suits with them on every date in case they find a fucking random body of water they want to get into. Maybe. All right, whatever. I don't know how they do wardrobe here. I don't know if the wardrobe goes remote with them. Maybe. Probably. Probably. Okay, get off my case. I'm sorry. (laughs) I tried, to, I tried to crack a Hollywood scoop.
1: Griffin McElroy just thinks he knows. I tried to
0: crack a scoop, okay, with my investigative skills, but I'm no Rachel.
1: Thank you. You didn't look at the website. Uh, so we got a nice scene of Eric after the hot tub in a robe, screaming, best date ever. Uh, which becomes even more true when they go to the amusement park. And they're playing games, and they're on a carousel and a Ferris wheel. Uh, and it just seems like a super fun it Seems day. like the fucking best. Super fun. Not like when Griffin and I went to the amusement park and we both hurt ourselves oh, very badly. My
0: God, what was it? Six Flags Fiesta Texas. We went on some wooden roller coaster that, like, I don't, I don't think I'll ever ride another wooden like roller coaster. Jostled, like every. It's vertebrae. just not worth it. I don't think anymore.
1: <laughs> uh, and How I,
0: old does Henry have to be before we can go to fucking the Harry Potter world? And please say one.
1: No, babe. I want him to remember it.
0: I'll tell him stories of that day.
1: He won't I'll be able f- to go on anything. Well.
0: Unless he's a super,
1: (laughs) super tall one-year-old. If we can get him to be like a three-foot tall one-year-old.
0: What if we take all our friends' babies, put them in a big trench coat?
1: (laughs) Stack them up. Stack
0: them up. That should work. I don't see any problem with that, that plan. We'll as just, long as
1: Henry gets to be on top because he's, of the, course, the least stable.
0: Yeah. We'll have to get four fast passes for him. Um, so they they have a meal of burgers.
1: Yeah. They go to a restaurant and have burgers sitting in front of them that they do not eat. Um, These are
0: those good buns, though, on those burgers. What are those called? Where it's like a it's sort of glassy, you know, like a dark brown. And it looks kind of like a, not a Kaiser roll. That's a different are thing.
1: T- are you talking about the roll right
0: Yeah. The roll looked really good of the of the, the bun for the hamburger glassy yeah it was kind of shiny bread and know. what's like a brioche brioche brioche, brioche. <laughs> <laughs> i've like recorded like three podcasts today and then like a bunch of like i this is literally the most
1: i need you to be in this moment i'm in it
0: babe i'm in the moment this is just who i am in this moment <laughs> we can't wait another day we can't be two days late on this episode
1: no. okay so this is when we get eric telling a little bit more of his story mm. um he talks about how he was always kind of like a good kid um but he says that he was a cool square <laughs> which I appreciated it as a cool square myself.
0: I appreciate that. But also how many people like maybe 90% of the population would probably say like, I wasn't very cool growing up. I was one of those cool nerds. That's like everybody. Yeah, but
1: it is true. It is absolutely true in the case of Eric
0: and and you and Rachel, it seems like. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So he talks, he kind of tells the story um, about how he always felt alone growing up and that his relationship with his mom was kind of complicated and that his mom didn't give him a lot of attention and he felt like he was kind of always fighting for that.
0: Yeah, he said he didn't get any love from his mom. And so like when it came time for him to like form emotional connections as an adult with like uh, with with women it was just always kind of difficult um as a result of that which i totally get um yeah
1: he says he says that he's now but he knows that he's falling for rachel because it feels kind of out of control like a lot of these feelings he's feeling are kind of the first time he's ever felt them before uh and that it's scary but it's it's good uh and rachel gives him a rose
0: and they go on a roller coaster and it's very good yeah we're at the hour and a half mark we have like two more dates to go let's power through
1: okay group date Dean, Kenny, Brian, Alex, Matt, Peter, Adam they are going on a Viking date they are going to paddle a Viking boat uh, and then go to a landmass where Tom and Morton will teach them Tom and Morton teach them how to Viking game and Viking battle by the way
0: if you had shown us at any point during this fucking season a commercial where these dudes would be fighting with swords and shields, I would have said, oh, that's where that dude cuts his eye. Oh, that's how Kenny gets hurt. But of course they didn't do that. Tom and Morton, can we just jump to Tom and Morton? Can we? They paddle yeah. and like Brian doesn't do a good job, I think. Somebody breaks their paddle or whatever. They get there and Tom is like, these are just two sort of like... These are two sort of cosplaying locals. Uh, And Tom explains like, you know, I'm uh, an enthusiast and I know a lot about Vikings and Viking sports and uh, Viking games and rituals. And um, I've been working here for he he gives this long spiel. And the other guy says, and I'm Morton and I know everything that Tom does.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. This is wonderful. Uh, so we get to see a lot of Viking games. Uh, there's one with a greased stick.
0: Yeah, you try to like pull it out of the other person's hand. It was yeah. good. There's a butt push
1: uh, where they try and push each other out of a circle. A lot of folk
0: games. I'm into this. There's they, a thing oh. where
1: they fight on one foot, where they hop on one foot and try and push each other.
0: I wish they would have played that Johann Sebastian joust game. That was very much in the in the vein of what they've been they were doing.
1: Yeah, but it's Viking games, Griffin. It's like a
0: Viking game, if you think about it. With
1: move controllers. I I
0: think the studio that made that game is based in the Netherlands. So that's close, maybe? I don't know. Okay.
1: (laughs) Um, So we get told that the guys that have the most victories will compete at the end to be the final winner. uh, And it comes down to Kenny versus Adam. And their Viking game will involve shields and swords, and they will pull their opponent out of the ring using those shields and swords. This is where they both hit (laughs) each other with shields, and they both, Adam and Kenny, both get
0: bloody eyes. But of course, we didn't fucking ever ever. This is like this is it, right? We never saw Adam's bloody eye in one of these fucking commercials. They knew what the fuck. Who Adam is? That's another fair point. Um, The other thing is. and it's not funny. They both got hurt, right? And, like, I, even I was watching this, like, they got swords? What are you doing? But, but uh, the the fight ends, and uh, I think Adam's laying on top of Kenny, or Kenny's laying on top of Adam, and they've, they're, like, outside the battle circle, and everybody's cheering, and Kenny just looks up and goes, that was rough, and they're both bleeding. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we both hate each other, in the eyes with our shields, of course! Yeah. Just his response, I can't remember if it was Adam or Kenny who said it, but just one of them was like, that was rough. <laughs> it's just this like moment of like, please stop clapping and get me some bandages. That was very bad.
1: Uh, so Kenny ends up winning. He gets like a trophy, yeah, uh, for winning. But that's it. Just yeah. no, no special privilege.
0: It's a like a helmet with a horn on it. It is not a drinking goblet.
1: Refill my uh, goblet. <laughs> so we're now in the night portion. Rachel gives a toast to the men for, quote, pillaging her feelings and raiding her heart. Oh, man. Which I we both very much enjoyed. And Griffin made very sure that I wrote that down. It was so good. Um, I'll just read some stuff. You jump in if you think necessary. Okay. Um her and Brian talk and Brian talks about his optimism and she talks about her pessimism. There was a
0: moment actually here that I don't <laughs> often talk about where she said um and maybe I was reading too much into it but she said like do you think your family would like me? And it, it, again this is the episode where really these conversations are kind of happening but um I I I do not I do not know if it will even be a factor. Maybe it won't. Uh, but when during Nick's season, when he came to her hometown, um, they talked about you know race and they talked about him dating uh, black women and whether he had done that before. And like there were, I'm sure it's going to come up. I'm sure it's going to come up. Yeah, especially with the uh, and we'll talk about this app later but like racial breakdown of what the finalists are going to be like it's definitely 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 going to come up um and this i don't know did it did it read that way to you of just like her saying like
1: a little bit yeah yeah because he answered something like oh my family just really wants to support me and have me find someone that loves me yeah you know like he kind of addressed it a little bit then she meets with peter Uh, talks to Peter about how attracted she was to how nervous he was on that first night. Uh, and then this is when she asks him to kiss her.
0: Yeah, she's just like laying back on the couch and she like almost, she whispers it. So they have to do like captions where she's like, will you please kiss me? It's so cute. Like, come on.
1: Um, so Kenny talks to Matt. We see a little bit of the two of them off screen. I guess not off screen, clearly on screen. (laughs) Um, And Kenny confides in him about how hard it is for him to be away from his daughter and kind of the high stakes of the hometown date. Because bringing Rachel home would mean that he was very serious about her. And he's just still not sure whether or not he's ready to do that. Um, And so when Matt meets with Rachel later, Rachel says, hey, how's Kenny doing? Uh, and Matt says, oh, Kenny physically is doing fine, um, but emotionally he's having kind of a hard time. Uh, and so she meets with Kenny. And this is when Kenny says he, that he's not 100% comfortable with where they're at. Yeah. Um, and he knows that he is very defensive and protective of his daughter. Uh, and so he's just being very cautious. And she says that she has also had some concerns. Uh, and based on what you just told me, uh and where i am at i feel like you should go home
0: this happens a lot right um this one was this is this is this is the, i think the toughest send home of the season for me so far and probably will be uh, mostly because of like what Kenny had to go through on this on this show yeah. and what he is probably going to continue to go through even after the show is over just based on the fact that like this is how conversations about shit like this go. Sometimes, um, I'm, I'm genuinely worried about that. But also, just like um, this is a, this is one of those rare symptoms where just like it it seems like it could have very easily gone the other direction. Neither of them disliked the other one. Their relationship didn't seem shallow. It just seemed like a little bit slower than everybody else's. But because you have a, a daughter at home, like I don't want to keep you here on you know, and wait for something to develop. And that that it was I got really emotional watching this because again, they've also made Kenny call his daughter in the car, um and filmed it and it was it was very, very well, touching and it was, heartbreaking.
1: It was an interesting exchange because I think Kenny was going into it thinking, if Rachel really is seriously interested in me. Then I'm going to give her an opportunity to tell me that, and maybe that'll change my decision. And then. But she, that's never happened in the history yeah, of the show. Yeah, She doesn't. But he, it's interesting. He's hugging her and he's saying goodbye to her. And he's like, oh, why do you have to be so smart and insightful? And she says, very honestly, it's because I've dated someone with a child before.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kenny says, oh, Jesus. His daughter's like the best. Uh, so that's like one thing. And the other thing is like, he says, uh, if I, if if my daughter grows up to be like Rachel, I would be so proud. Like and I like, know
1: I've done my job. That that's what he
0: says. F- I'm getting. I'm babe. I'm legit getting emotional right now, <laughs> thinking about that. Like these these two were great together, right? And they had like they had some really good time together. They they never had a one on one date with each other. Um, I guess it turned into a one on one after Lee got sent home. But like, I don't know this. I it, this one really. Um. This one this one really got to me.
1: I mean, it's the one really realistic thing about this show where sometimes you can have two people that get along well uh that just don't work. Yeah. And sometimes that's a sad thing.
0: That's a, yeah, that can be a really really tough thing, especially yeah. when you want it to work. That's like a real thing that this show is I've never really thought about it that way, but that's a real thing that like everybody goes through yeah. that this show can this not only can this show tap into it. It is designed almost to tap into it like every season there are relationships that just kind of um no pun intended peter out i don't know why i said no pun intended because he's gonna win but um (laughs)
1: uh so rachel comes back and tells the guys that kenny and her have talked and kenny has decided to go home um and she gives the group date rose to peter uh and now it is time for her one-on-one date with will
0: (laughs) you all didn't think you were done yet did you Please, we have to move so fast through this one. It was we're brief. Very, very close. Like, if you're not, um, this is going to be a two hour episode of Rose Buddies, and I'm still confronting that fact. But um, this episode was so fucking dense because they were like, okay, no, we wasted talking a bunch about
1: of four hours of television here. We though.
0: are talking about four hours, but only in the last two hours, we got what the end of the two on one. We got a rose ceremony. We got a one on one. We got a group date, and then we got another one on one and another rose ceremony. Like this show can haul ass when it wants <laughs> yeah. to.
1: So with this one-on-one date with Will, Rachel says that Will tends to clam up when he's around her. Uh, she knows that he's a good guy, but they just haven't connected yet. Uh, and this is when they get on a boat, uh, like with Eric, but this time they're going to another country. They're going to Sweden. Um, and they do the, like, experience local culture thing that we always talk about, where they are walking through the street, and there's a street musician, and so they decide to dance in front of the street yeah. musician. Like, I wonder if people just do that now out of ritual. <laughs> like, oh, this is the part where we do that.
0: Can I say something? Yeah. I don't want to be Hollywood girl for Maggie, but they do it because they need something to film, and on dates like this, where it's just, like, nothing is happening, like, no organic like cute shit is happening like ah, go fucking dance in front please just go dance in front of that guitarist like
1: do you think the bachelor bachelorette places street musicians in opportunity probably, locations yeah.
0: i mean there are there are producers who like scout out locations for stuff right sometimes,
1: and most of the time actually there are not crowds gathered around them they are just no there
0: i'm not saying the buskers aren't real i'm saying like i don't know this this show probably it i mean just it
1: happens every time yeah Anyway, uh, they play Kube, which is a game that Griffin yes! loves.
0: Cube fucking rules. You throw: Our these, friend Chris Plant has it.: You throw these sticks at these shorter blocks on your opponent's end trying to knock them over, and when they do, they have to throw them on the urine, and then they have to knock over those field cubes before they can knock out your back row, and then once you've gotten all the cubes on one side, the winning team can throw their their femur is what they're called at the fucking King cube in the middle, and then you win. So, that's game. Uh,
1: so they they're after the cube uh they go eat pastries and drink coffee and they meet an old swedish couple that's been married 35 years and they get this weird kind of oh, unspoken God. competition where the married couple kiss and then rachel's like we should kiss now
0: the fact that we'll uh, this there's something wrong this whole day like there's something off and it becomes like the main feature of the date but like the fact that Will wasn't like, come on, that's bachelor date 101. You meet a cute old couple and they kiss and then you kiss. It's like a
1: Yeah, she had to ask him to kiss her.
0: And that's when we kind of like get Rachel talking to the camera and just be like, I don't know what's going on, but yeah. Will is like not being affectionate she that at all.
1: All he's done is hold her hand
0: and just barely. Like she says something like and kind of not that even.
1: Yeah, she wants more from him. Um And there's and- this
0: abysmal shot of them standing up on this archway. Um, on a, like a castle in or something, castle, overlooking yeah. all of uh, you know the beautiful city and beautiful countryside all around them, and they're standing with enough space for the Holy Spirit in between them, and just like nothing but the birds chirping for like a good you know ten seconds. It is really, yeah. really, really tough. So
1: she says, if it doesn't go well tonight, um, I'm going to say goodbye to Will because uh, nothing's happening. Yeah, uh, and so they have dinner together, and he's talking about how well he thinks the date went. Uh, and so she asks him, "Well, what do you look for in a woman?" And this is when he says something, and it came up earlier when yeah. he was talking to the guys too, uh, back at the house. But he says that he has only really dated white women in the past.
0: The, I want to, I want to put in a caveat here of just like it is abrupt the way that he brings this up, and it was abrupt when he was talking with everybody yeah, else. And the, she
1: asked him what he liked in a well, woman. Well,
0: this. I really, really think this is a situation of just that is such a like um incriminating way to answer that, right? It is in it insinuates something. I feel like if you say like, "Why weren't you affectionate yeah. with me?" and she he says, "Well, I've only, I I I've mostly dated white women." I really think this is an editing thing, and that's very possible. If that's the case, then like again, fuck this show. But um, yeah, it, it's it is it is a um. Regardless of where it came in at the date, it is still kind of a, like, Buckwild thing to say. Yeah, it kind
1: of takes her back a little bit.
0: And so he was talking uh, at the house earlier uh, about it. And we get a cut back to the house uh, where all the dudes are sitting around. And Eric is explaining to them, like, yeah, so he told me that he mostly dates white women. And I suggested that maybe he should talk to Rachel about that. Because, you know, it seems like the type of thing that could, like... Explains sort of like their dynamic right now and why it is the way it is, and like, um, he 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 basically explains why he told Will like you should talk to Rachel about that, and it seems like Will took his advice, and I don't know if it was, uh, I mean, I don't know if it was good or bad advice, but it it certainly didn't help out. Well, it was already like a pretty uncomfortable date.
1: Well, and what Rachel ultimately says, so there's a point when he's talking about. Um, his previous relationships. And he says that he has always been very passionate and very good about physical intimacy, but he, he really is trying to be more thoughtful now about how he approaches relationships. And this is when Rachel says, you know, I didn't, I, I like, I didn't really feel that at all. Like she didn't understand why he didn't want to hold her or kiss her on the date. So she starts telling him you know i you didn't make me feel especially wanted and and you saying that physical intimacy is a big thing for you and and we didn't have that at all makes me wonder what's going on yeah and he thinks he may be focused too much on forming the friendship instead of the romantic part of their relationship there, there
0: was also a part when he was talking about how he had mostly dated white women he says like you know i grew up in a place where there just there weren't that many black women and so, like, um, I, I but as a result, like, I just kind of ended up mostly, mostly dating white women. It was just like, who, who was there? And he's like, you know, you know how it was. Um, and she says, like, no, I don't. Like, I grew up in a place that, you know, was not especially diverse and I still dated like black men. So, like, it, it, there were yeah. so many, there were so many, like, um, there were so many times where it seemed like Will was trying to like throw out a, throw out a line not like a dialogue line, but just like a like grappling hook yeah, trying to catch something. Yeah. And they just didn't, they just didn't, it, it, it was really awkward. Like the whole thing was really awkward Um, in a way that just felt like these two people just should not really be dating, it seems like. um, And sure enough, Rachel was picking up on that too because she sent him home.
1: She sent him home. And so we go straight to the rose ceremony. This episode actually ends with a rose ceremony, just like the old days.
0: What a a treat.
1: Uh, Rachel is getting very emotional at the rose ceremony. uh, And she talks about how she doesn't really like to show emotion, but the person she's eliminating tonight is going to be her hardest person to eliminate yet. So Rachel talks about how she's like in this land where Hamlet took place. And she's thinking about the Shakespeare quote from Hamlet to thine own self be true. And in this moment, I'm just like,
0: who a, could who could you be what, sending home that like Well,
1: and also what an unusual bachelorette. I think this is the first I time know. we've ever had a bachelorette quote Shakespeare at a rose ceremony. Yeah, probably. Um but yeah, I couldn't figure out who she was sending home. I got I started um, to get
0: really worried. Like, what was the fucking like
1: yeah, who is she emotional who is she? about?
0: And who she ended up sending home was Alex, who was
1: from the Ellen date. The, the Ellen date. Was he
0: was he was dancing. He's the. the uh, I don't bun. know if he's he speaks Russian. I don't know if he's like um, immigrated from from there or first generation or whatever. I thought he was really funny. I thought he was really funny, dude. He's the one who talked about like peeing in the pool and like he was the one from the Ellen date. He was just like, I'm not gonna lie, I yeah. peed in the pool. I peed it's in the a pool. What's up? A fun guy. He's gonna kill it on. Well, is he gonna? Is he gonna be on BIP? Was he in that first slate that got, I don't know. I have
1: no idea. Well, they wouldn't have announced it yet, because he just went home this time.
0: That is a fair point. I um, wouldn't know it also, because I've not been yeah, reading we've, the BIP-bloids, we've really. fallen
1: off. So who gets to say, though, Matt and Adam?
0: Again, this, they get through two rose ceremonies, and it's like...
1: We know nothing about them, other than Adam Jr.
0: Did we talk about fucking Adam Jr. through the window? Oh, that's that was it. Josiah in his like send home uh, bad wrestling promo. He was like, "You're gonna send home a, uh, you're gonna keep a dude who just brought a doll." And he says that we see like fucking Adam like peeking into the rose ceremony through the window. Um, yeah. So the, I, I I talked about this earlier, and like it, I'll be honest, like um, it is it is something of a relief that the Lee and Kenny stuff is behind us, right? Um, and this show has or is at least trying to revert back to how it normally was. It's really, it's still like, I don't know, man, it's going to, that's bad taste is going to be in my mouth for quite some time. Like it feels weird to me that in the same episode where we talked about this, like really, really, really racist shit that ABC and the Bachelorette exploited for ratings in a way that I think is like irresponsible and dangerous and bad in every way that media like can be bad. Is also the same episode where we're like, but then there was a really cute date later on. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to like rectify that. I don't, I don't know how to get, get past that or if like that is even something that we can or should get past, but I don't know. I want to get through this season because like again, I, I think Rachel's fucking great and. I think that the the back half of this episode was really great, and there were really, uh, there were really fun dates and really nice moments of like connections and humor and like the shit I really like about this show and the shit that this show can do that no other show can do. Um, and I I think one way or another we have to finish this have to finish this season um, before we have sort of a bigger conversation, I guess. Uh, it's just like I don't know. It sucks. It's a bummer. It is a bummer that there was some really, 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 really good stuff that shows what this season could have been, if not for the really irresponsible way that they they handled this this Kenny and Lee stuff. Um, yeah, let's let's wrap it up. What do you say?
1: Yes, please.
0: Um, thank you all for listening to Rose Buddies. It is uh, every week. You can join us for a two hour long discussion. (laughs) Um, No, yeah. We've only got like what? Probably like four more episodes left of this. Hey, babe. Yeah.
1: Onion time. Onion time.
0: I'm going to say that next time I'm cooking a blue apron, cutting up some onions. Yeah. Is there an episode next week or not?
1: I don't know for sure.
0: (laughs) We'll get back to you on that one.
1: (laughs) If there's not an episode, we will still have an episode of our podcast.
0: We haven't talked about it yet, but about uh, the fucking Terrace House New Block episodes is so fucking choice. Guy is, we haven't finished it yet, but where we're at, Guy is oh, just on some next level shit.
1: We're big Guy fans. Big
0: Guy fans. It's felt good to say something positive about a a, a very good <laughs> fucking reality show. Uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Maximum Fun for having us. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great podcasts there. Anything else, baby? Nope. All right, well, I'm gonna say this last thing and then all my uh, bones are gonna collapse into a pile at the bottom of like my legs because I've been hunched over this mic for um, the runtime of a feature-length film and a long one, like a beefy one, like a Marvel movie. Anyway, I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm
1: Rachel McElroy. Oh, when you're ready. Oh. Stay with us on this
0: journey of joy. Spoiler alert. She ends up with Soulja Boy. Right righteous, right Reese's, take it girl,
1: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. What the f*** is an interview? I mean, I do not know. That was Oscar-winning
0: filmmaker Errol Morris. I'm Jesse Thorne, host of NPR's Bullseye. Allow me to introduce The Turnaround, a new podcast series produced by MaximumFun.org and presented with the Columbia Journalism Review. Join me as I sit down with some of our greatest living interviewers to ask them about interviewing and why and how they do what they do we'll go deep with some of the biggest names in media people like larry king katie couric audie cornish we will be among friends on the turnaround
1: two episodes a week all summer subscribe now and tell somebody